Hey everybody, before we get started, I'd just like to throw in a quick announcement. Right now, the Austin Chronicle is currently having their preliminary poll for the best of 2017 of Austin. And uh, we are currently uh, petitioning to get our name on that list. The preliminary round is just a write-in. Uh, if you go to austinchronicle.com slash vote best of Austin, that is slash vote dash best dash of dash Austin, you can go in there and plug in whatever name of whatever Austin business, celebrity, animal, whatever. As long as there's a category for you, you could plug in your favorite one of those. We'd be so happy if you go in there and plug in our name in, in the best podcast area. That would be Everyday Superhumans. Just write that in, submit it, list everything else you love about Austin in there too. Like find your favorite barbecue joint, write that down. Your favorite uh, celebrity, write that down too. Uh, just as long as you include us on that list, it'd be really great of you. Don't want to take too much of your time up before we start the episode, but we are really uh, pushing for people to go in and vote for us right now. The polls close on September 18th, and then after that is a final round. If we get within the top three uh, most votes within our category, we will automatically advance to the final round. Thank you so much, and now let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast where we chat with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm Charlie. And I'm Kyle. Okay, so to my left is a very important thing. Coffee? Yes. Yeah, coffee at three o'clock uh, in the afternoon on a Sunday. I the best ho- time to drink coffee, really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it keeps you up then until <laughs> 1 a.m. and then you have to work the next that day. That way you go into Game of Thrones forums and talk about Game of Thrones all night. No. Why else do you drink coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon what, on a Sunday? How did this happen again? <laughs> we need to start recording sessions not on Sunday <laughs> so <laughs> I can talking? avoid talking about Game of Thrones. I wonder but, if Tim Scott from Miss Coots Outfitters likes game of thrones i don't know if you listen to this episode you could tweet towards us tim scott you hear that if you watch game of thrones tweet to us yes i watch game of thrones if you don't then i guess don't yeah whatever you want to do you have more important things to do (laughs) do. like help provide clothing to homeless Mm -hmm. people as well as help give them um a job Mm -hmm. transitioning homeless to make the goods for homeless people in the streets yeah so it's like a whole entire cycle of helping yeah, Miss Coots is a uh, pro-social enterprise. They are basically focused on using their profit margins to help somebody somewhere or something. In their case, it's homelessness in America. They have partners all across the U.S. that they will send their clothing to. You can buy their clothing online through their stores. It's supposed to be high-quality products, too. I actually got one of their shirts. It's actually a really nice shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually, you were there. You got the shirt with me. Oh, I thought you got another shirt. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I also wear that shirt <laughs> quite a lot. It's a different shirt than you. It's <laughs> not the same shirts? shirt. That'd be weird. We're good friends. We're not that good of friends. <laughs> well, you know, you you want to give me the shirt off your back? Is that what you're saying? No, you're not homeless. I can't. Okay, fine. <laughs> so we learned a lot about... Oh, God. I think this coffee has um, just made me really happy. So... <laughs> I want to hear what Tim Scott has to say. So, yeah, it's a really great episode. And it talks about an issue that's 
not really talked about enough. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important one here in Austin. It's we have a pretty big homeless population. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a previous episode, Pachi Tomer uh, speaks to us about homelessness here in Austin. So this is a spiritual successor to that episode, you could say. I really want to know how you pronounce your name. Is it Mitzkut? Mitzkut? Like it's, it's Mitzkut. Mitzkut. Okay, so I was saying it right earlier when I was talking to Charlie. Yeah, right. and we spelled it in cursive just to make it that much harder. It's Nobody just cursive anymore. Well, not, like literally, cursive S. We have people that don't know what a cursive what? S is. Mm-hmm. And so we've had to really think, like, should we rebrand and just it's, spell it with like, like that? Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the logo right now. So right now it looks like Mit, and then some people get to that and they're like, I don't Mit know. Something Mit something Mitz Kuts. <laughs> But it's that's um, really sad that people don't know the cursive <laughs> S. I'm presuming it's not a lot of people, but it's enough that we've gotten an email or two that have confusion. It's like, but, yeah, what's that weird symbol in your name? What's uh, where did your name come from? Well, my name is Tim oh, Scott, <laughs> your parents. But when I was uh, a little kid, I spelt my name wrong. Like when they oh. first teach you how to spell your name, instead of Tim, it came out Mitt, and instead of Scott, it came out Scoot. Mm-hmm. And the teacher didn't tell me <laughs> because. They thought it was cute. I was like a little blonde kid, and they let me spell my name wrong for like two weeks, give or take, maybe three. And then a substitute teacher came in, and she proved it up on the board, where she was like, what sound does an M make and a T? And we all had a good laugh, and then I got stuck with this nickname that I couldn't live down, and it followed me like through like footballs on my letter jacket and Uh the military and college and then when it came time to name the company i secretly hated it and i was like i'm gonna make this mean something good (laughs) this will be a good thing from here on out and um it kind of serves as a motif for a lot of the individuals that we hire that are transitioning homeless Mm. to take that stereotype of homelessness and try to turn it into something that you beat or surpassed Mm. versus something that has just chased you for your whole mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. so uh so that's the idea yeah <laughs> also no one had that website it was pretty much oh yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say, available it's like really it's like a it's like a blank slate because no like when you see that word there's no right. there's no uh, name associated or like there's no meanings associated with it can make it mean something good mm-hmm. yeah if you and want you to well and a lot of other there's some social enterprises out there and we love that they're out there and that they exist or even uh, in the nonprofit sector where they use the stereotype sometimes to leverage mm-hmm. the name mm-hmm. where instead of just a nice positive spin, you have a negative spin mm-hmm. on it. And, and it kind of it's a little heavy handed to use the social issue that you're trying to solve as the selling point. Like, I didn't even like, think about that. It's That's like a official really sadness idea. nonprofit. We're the sadness nonprofit. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we want to lean on hope and positive mm-hmm. things and we'll just make something good out of what means technically nothing. It's like those uh, commercials where like, they usually show like, like the starving dogs or something like that. Or, and, like, the like, Sarah McLaughlin yeah, stuff. Yeah. The, they sell the, the sadness. Of the yeah. angel, and it's you, a sad dog. It's so... They make you feel guilty for not doing it, which is... And it's not effective. It's short-term effective, but long-term difficult to continuously make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. And after a while, we burn out of just like sad messaging sad messaging mm-hmm. and it is sad it's a plight it's a definite issue but me toying with your emotions to get you to act and do something about it is just the it's worst way to get yeah. it is yeah. versus because, me yeah. giving you the truth and just mm-hmm. like this yeah. is what it is here's how we can make things better mm-hmm. and then letting you be an adult and make decisions on your own instead of like i feel bad this will yeah. make me feel okay today if i just that's kind of the problem with a lot of like panhandling mm-hmm. that that we often yeah. see for homelessness Especially is that in Austin. 
a lot of people aren't giving them money so that they have a money. They're giving them money so that they can feel okay as they drive through the light for the rest of the day because they're like, I'm kind of a jerk right now because my car has got AC and mm-hmm. you know what? Here's a dollar. Yeah, it kind of makes okay, you... Okay, I'm a good person. It's like people like, I mean, I'm guilty of this way more than I'd like to admit. So like if you take a homeless person panhandling, I'm like, I don't want to make eye contact of the way because I'm afraid of just like just feeling even more guilty about myself. Right. And like, it's a shitty thing to do. I feel shitty about doing that. We and I guess we should go on to what Miss Kitts does. We haven't actually spoken about that. Yeah, we've been we going for five minutes a, now. Sorry, we could go on a tangent. Uh, uh, the company. That's mm-hmm. what you want to know. Yeah. Uh, we're called Mitsukuts Outfitters. Uh, we're an Austin-based clothing company, and we help outfit and employ the homeless. So the way we do that is we make all kinds of different apparel, uh, shirts, hat, gloves, beanies, scarves, socks, a ton of other stuff. And for every item that we sell, either online or in our stores, we give an equal quality item to someone in need. So you buy a hat, we give a hat. You buy socks, we give socks. And by equal beanie, quality, beanie. you mean like it's like the exact same thing One. pretty much? It's not like <laughs> No, no. Um, I mean. By equal quality, uh, say like we have Argyle socks and polka dot socks mm. or uh, like a trucker hat or things mm. like that. In the wintertime, this isn't the best hat to have. Mm-hmm. You might want a beanie instead. And for, you know, say socks, for instance, if someone wants polka dots, happily we'll give them. Mm-hmm. But what we did instead is work with all of our factories to design what we felt was the most durable, long-lasting, appropriate item that you could give to someone that has to live outside. Mm-hmm. And so what's the best sock for them? Well, we designed that, made it so that it could work with, you know, not charging a ton for a thing. And that's the one that we give out. So we give away like sock wise, this really nice, bright white, non-branded moisture wicking hiking sock. Okay. And, cool. and that way they have something that's good for them and doesn't really have to be about like our branding or marketing in yeah. that moment because it's not about us. It's supposed to be. And like then that. The, it's lasting so they can right. wear it over and yeah. over. So it's, over I mean, it's cool. We really love the like super fun designs that we make for someone to wear mm-hmm. to the office or to a wedding. But, um, that's not necessarily what's needed outside. Mm-hmm. Whether it's cold or hot, we want to make mm-hmm. sure that their needs come first. Mm-hmm. I really like the uh, the non-branding too. It's like a mm-hmm. really good idea because it is. It's all about like their well-being, right. not necessarily your we, advertising. We free advertising at the. We really have had some people that were like, you know what? If you could give them like neon-colored stuff, <laughs> and then that way they'd be out on the street and it'd be like this big like billboard. Like I was, do- I was like, yeah, but that's no. one ugly. Two, <laughs> that's not what it's. I, I'm not giving them a thing so that they're in a compromised position where they're like, I don't really want it's this, but so I they can promote. I you. need it. Mm-hmm. No, you know, it, that's again, not- the same heavy-handed thing that we talked about with those like McLaughlin-y things. Mm-hmm. You're an adult. Mm-hmm. We have a product. If you like our product, we'll go do great things with it. But I have to earn the right to go do that great thing by making good stuff. I can't just manipulate you by showing you sadness and then my logo next to it yeah. and mm-hmm. hope that you take action. That's it's just a bad way to go about it. So yeah, so that's what we don't. And then we actually employ the transitioning homeless. So, what do you um, mean by transitioning homeless? Well, one, I try not to identify somebody as homeless because mm-hmm. that's like a finite finish line. It's like you are this, and mm-hmm. it's not. It's this really wavering situation. People go into it for a couple of months, and they can come out of it. Sometimes they'll go through an addiction issue that pushes them into a real bad state, and then they might try to crawl back out into a program. And it's fluid. It's mm-hmm. it's never quite permanent. There are individuals that are chronically homeless, and we do work with some of them as well. Mm-hmm. But even those that are chronic in the sense that they've been through that situation numerous times, they are still actively trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like no one's yeah, out. Nobody wants to be home. Nobody's yeah. out there. And they're like, this is the life. This is, if they are, there's often some psychological issues where they don't self identify where they are Mm. in that situation. So we work with individuals that have been sourced through our nonprofit partners. 
who also do a lot of our donation. So, you know, tens of thousands of items. We don't personally go give it. We do give a lot through our team and little truck runs that we'll do. Mm -hmm. But we go to different 501c3s around the country, ask them, what do you need? They say, well, we need stuff Mm because then we won't have to spend our money on stuff. You have stuff? We got tons of stuff. Okay, here's all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And we try to supply those needs. Uh, that hopefully frees up their funding so that they can do things like counseling, addiction issues, mm. housing, education development, all that stuff that we can't do, but we have lots of stuff. And then in turn, those organizations will let us know, say, oh, well, I work with Jeff or I work with Michelle and she's gone through our program. Uh, she's really, really excited, wants to get a job. She is trying really hard to find something, but she hasn't had a job for like six years because she was living on the street and she has this like little minor like drug thing from like back in the 80s. Mm. That alone might prevent her from being able literally to even get a job at Wendy's or mm-hmm. something like that. Not to mention that usually question two on a resume right after your name is address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't have that, most hiring managers are like, I don't even know how to file the paperwork for this with <laughs> yeah. the IRS. What do we even do here? And so it's a difficult first step and we try to be that so we're not a finish line for anyone that's coming out of that situation we work with those groups to let us know somebody who's ready we bring them in there's a resume there's an interview process and then if we feel it's a good fit then they go into training which is quite literally like 15 minutes because uh-huh. that's about all it takes i showed you guys what yeah. we did downstairs yeah. and then they're ready to go and then we bring them in on our kind of scheduled rotation for contract work and uh, they all get paid per item oh, that they get yeah. put together. So they're incentivized yeah, to work like more or less, depending on the con- context of their day. If they don't feel well or they have it, yeah. you take as long as you need if you want. But on average, uh, the pay is anywhere from like 18 to as high as I've seen as $27 an hour. Oh, give or take. Wow. wow. That's, That's really, really good nice. pay. It's not, mind you, eight hours a day, though. Yeah, it's yeah. like sure. it's it's piecework. And mm-hmm. usually they'll try to knock it out in about two and a half, three hours. OK. And they'll do that, you know, two, three, four times a week, give or take, depending okay. on what the demand is during that season of how mm-hmm. much stuff we're selling and moving. And I bet um, that makes them feel so good, too. Yeah. To be giving. Well, it's be not, doing something. It's it's not like. It's not like gray work. It's not like, yeah, I did like a spreadsheet and I think it matters. I don't really know what we did it for, though. They literally see a stack of things that they've made. It's like finishing a puzzle piece or like a puzzle and you're like, I feel accomplished. Like Mm -hmm. it was nothing and now it's a thing. And that was because of me. Mm -hmm. And so there's a direct correlation to the effort that they give and the money that they make. Mm -hmm. While in the meantime, too, it's really interesting to see somebody who was transitioning out of homelessness, making products that they know will directly help donate something to someone that's in their position. Mm -hmm. It instantly stratifies somebody out of, Mm -hmm. like, instead of just, I just receive things and I was homeless. Oh, now I'm helping other individuals that are homeless. How did you think of getting involved? Like, why Why? do this? Yeah. Um, My wife and I volunteered a lot when I had gotten out of the military. I started going to UT. And down on Guadalupe, there is a huge transient population. Uh And we weren't married at the time, but we would go walking to class. And I didn't have a lot of experience with homelessness. I was Mm -hmm. from like a super Houston suburb Mm -hmm. where it's like everything looks the same. Like that. I know you mean. Right. Like that scene from uh, like Edward Scissorhands where like Mm -hmm. all the little houses are absolutely identical and you're like this is so weird that's what it looked like and there just weren't any individuals like that ever all the years that i grew up Mm -hmm. and so when i came to austin and had just gone out out into the military there was like obviously people that were in desperate need like laying on the ground like this person's having a medical issue yeah Mm -hmm. and i would stop i was like hey what's up are you okay like help anyone and it was happening so much and it seemed so normalized 
mm-hmm. that I actually began to get kind of callous towards mm-hmm. it, that I wanted to do something I didn't know what. It seemed like I was mm-hmm. ill-prepared to mm-hmm. handle some of the severity of the issues, whether it was like addiction problems or uh, psychological issues mm-hmm. or or just somebody who didn't want to be interacted with. And I kind of hated myself. Like, I hated the fact that I was becoming gray to a very obvious problem because it should be if you see someone in need, like if somebody trips yeah. in front of you, you'd be like, oh, my God, let me help and, you up. Are you OK? Yeah. And they're actively laying on the ground, obviously hurt and not in a good spot. And we're like, hmm, he did that to himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to go to class now. Then you think you're crazy when all you're trying to do is the human thing right. of asking someone if they're okay. But everyone kind of just would walk by because you don't know what to do in the act of mm. watching, just like what we talked about. Somebody yeah. else walk by, you're like, well, I guess it's okay for me to walk yeah. by mm. too and yeah. whatever. It's a kind of ignorance. Like, and like so the bystanders. Yeah. You, you would like bystander effects. play these like storylines or back histories that you would with no evidence apply to someone to explain this situation mm-hmm. so you then can absolve yourself of responsibility mm-hmm. and walk away be like oh well he's probably been out here for years yeah. and yeah. i just i think i just saw him growl at somebody so he's he's a mean one he's probably mm-hmm. money for drugs he, all deser- he deserves right this. right whatever this, he did this in his is life, all his own self-actualization his this is not my problem and you can walk away and i think that's a really cop-out bullshit cowardly mm-hmm. thing to do and i hate myself for it and so i didn't know how to directly address those problems with each of those individuals but i connected with uh some local nonprofits. one of them called mobile lives and fishes here in town oh yeah also patchy that, brought them up too we need to talk to them mobile lives everybody brings and them fishes? up mobile lives and fishes it's okay. a really great guy alan graham that started it and they do truck runs little mm-hmm. tiny trucks they do have a lot of other stuff too like their community first village was a micro home project for the homeless but the way i got involved 10 15 years ago is my wife and i would volunteer on those trucks through mm-hmm. a church that we went to and the truck would pack up with about four people, five people. You would load it up with a bunch of food, water, sandwiches, some fruits and veggies on one side. And then on the other side, you had a bunch of clothing items. Most of it's all hand-me-down, donated things. And we would go out into the community of Austin. Uh, we'd stop at low-income neighborhoods, under bridges, and uh, little parts next to a park. And you would essentially go try to find individuals that were in need. We'd pull up, honk the horn. People would come out of the woodwork, literally. And we'd give them as much food as we had, which there was always enough of that. Uh, and then we would try to address the clothing needs because it's either a million degrees outside and they've sweat through everything and it's filthy or it's freezing and they have on like almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And so... We'd look and, no, small, doesn't fit. Oh, sorry, we're out of socks. Oh, you need gloves? Yeah, we should probably look into those. We couldn't find any, and there wasn't enough stuff. You always perpetually ran out. I thought it was super annoying, and it shouldn't be that big of an issue because, like, you know how you've got your math loves hierarchy of needs? Like, Mm -hmm. if you're freezing and you're hungry, you really aren't interested in applying for a job. No. Yeah. Like like filling out yep. paperwork comes pretty yeah. low on the list when like, you're like, my fingers are going to yeah, fall off. The minutes matter. Right. So if you can address some of those basic, basic needs, then somebody's like, oh, all right, what's next on the list? And they can't even get that far on the list if it's just literally mm-hmm. survival. Mm-hmm. And we take so much of the clothing and crap for granted because it's everywhere and it's mm-hmm. never really a problem until you like don't have underwear or socks yeah. one day and you're like, I really need to yeah. do laundry like yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, right. But they can't ever do laundry because they're outside. Like where do you just like wash it in a yeah. stream? Yeah, go to, they go to the river downtown. Yeah, like, like, quite literally. That happens uh, all the really? time. Yeah, oh, because... I was just being joking. No, I mean, if you're living outside, I guess where, where else would we go? You? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, or like a water fountain. 
Mm-hmm. I've seen guys like washing yep. undergarments and all kinds of parts in a, any kind of public water source that you can find. I thought that was a stupid problem because it seemed trivial that one mm-hmm. side of our population is desperately in need of certain things. And then the other side just has so much that we're giving it away, but it's kind mm-hmm. of not form fit. It doesn't quite fit. It's like a square peg, round hole kind of thing. And so I thought, well, like I think Tom's had just come out like in yeah. the last couple of months. And my wife and I were like, oh, I bet there's a company like that that does one for one for like other stuff. We'll call them. They'll give us stuff. We'll have yeah. stuff. Yay. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. And I looked around and we couldn't find it and it just didn't exist. And I wish I could say at the time that we were like, great, let's do it and like start a jam. But we kind of were like, okay, womp womp and went about our lives. I went into advertising. My wife went into physical therapy and we were just jamming through our careers and still volunteering a ton and saw this dichotomy in life that we had where we worked really hard doing a thing that we kind of liked, but wasn't really fulfilling. And then we would spend tons of time volunteering, doing stuff that we loved, Mm -hmm. and it was totally fulfilling, but you can't do it forever. Mm. And we would just kind of toy with the idea on the weekends, like, I wonder if we could, like, do both of those things at the same time and maybe apply some of the skill sets that we have towards an actual issue and a problem instead of, like... I was working on campaigns trying to like convince people that toothpaste was cooler and fancier mm. and funnier than it's ever been before. It's all the same. It's the exact <laughs> yeah, same it's like, oh, it's stuff. No, nothing's different. It's the same thing. But it's wider. It's always... <laughs> No, it's made of baking soda. I, I'm guilty of using the baking soda toothpaste. I, just, I like it. I choose the cheapest one. I'm the most practical when it comes to toothpaste. Sorry, advertising campaign. Yeah, it was frustrating because yeah. <laughs> everybody knew that was what's going to happen. Yeah. We're like, no, we're going to buy it. How shiny it is! But then um, one really long weekend of working and same with my wife we were like you know what we should put this up as an idea and we did a crowdfunding project and just threw it up there and we're like if people like it then we'll do it and if they really like it we'll do it again Mm -hmm. and then we'll do it again and we went up with just doing like socks we were like well you buy this we're gonna do a production run of one it'll look like this it'll be really nice and then we'll give another one away and that went really well and then we did it again and then that bootstrapped another one and another one and then as we'd go out and donate those things uh we also realized well somebody has to like put them all together to send them out Mm -hmm. oh my god i know who we can hire (laughs) yay and so we actually hired some of the people that we were handing them to Mm -hmm. and said do you want a job and it was really haphazard initially like we were packaging up the clothing items in a coffee shop but we didn't tell the coffee shop so we would just like show up one day with like boxes (laughs) of things and just sit in like a little corner of the coffee shop in the coffee shop like baristas are like what the <laughs> shit are you doing over there because we also would have somebody who obviously looked like they were living on the streets mm-hmm. doing the work so it like made no sense to anybody <laughs> at all they were probably though. like you people are terrible <laughs> what are you doing what are you doing we're like we'll buy lots of coffee that's all the rent that we can pay yeah. <laughs> but anyway we um developed that out and kind of just bootstrap grew little by little and still are kind of in that point right now where we're still trying to grow and the way that we have done different things like different clothing items is that we would go out and talk to the people that we give to and say what else do you need mm. like we give them all the do socks like a survey yeah we we've took care of like beanie gloves scarves socks things like that we're like what else they're like you know what it's really hot i could use like a bandana that'd be cool Mm -hmm. we can make that it is really really um sunny out you have a hat we should let's go make hats and so that's kind of driven our actual product line has been what they need yeah um and it turns out it's also things that we need Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there is not really an us or them we're all just people Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) whether you're outside for five minutes or five hours (laughs) 
you may have the same similar needs. So yeah, that's how we oh. got to this where <laughs> yeah, we are right now. We're in like a small office. Now we're which in an office. Yeah, it's really not. Nice it's not like forward. a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice, like, quaint place. I like it. Like, Thanks. This area. Do you have like any uh, success stories? Of, yeah. uh, of like people that have like worked with you. Yeah, that transition from being homeless. Personally, that's my metric for success. Okay. It's yeah, like, do you want to share some? Like how. Do you do as a company because we're a social enterprise? So if you're just an enterprise, purely it's like, well, how many dollars did you make this year? And it's really <laughs> okay, stupid, yeah. dumb way your to measure your reports, business. Yeah, right. the spreadsheets. Right. So ours is that being a way to facilitate the real goal, which is I want people to not be homeless. Mm-hmm. Like we give away tens of thousands of things, but it's it's a band aid. It's not really a long term mm-hmm. solution. I would love to give somebody something and then give them a job so that they don't need something anymore. They can get it for themselves. That's a more long long-term way to go about it. We can't hire everybody, but we mm-hmm. can hire as many as possible based on how much stuff we can make and get other people excited about. But yeah, like the first one uh, was a gentleman named Ellis. And uh, I got to go to his housewarming party, uh-huh. which was like coolest thing I've, I've ever gotten to do knowing that we had a significant part of that. Uh, it wasn't like a house house, but it was mm-hmm. a little RV, but he had been living on the streets for five years prior to that. And so it was a huge uh, upgrade then. You get huge. shelter, probably, huge. probably AC here. Yeah. yeah. And he, he was in a position where his health was detrimentally being affected by living on the street. And within moving into his RV, he like lost 30 pounds and he got his teeth worked on, mm-hmm. which allowed him to eat better food. And mm-hmm. he had, I don't know, like a brightness in his eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it solved everything. There were still mm-hmm. some issues there, mm-hmm. but he could work on those issues now that some of the mm-hmm. basic stuff yeah, was done. Yeah, it's like the hierarchy yeah. needs. Like, get those, get those right. hikes out of the way and focus on the other ones that right. require more time, more energy. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't like just us. It wasn't like we solely solved his life issue. We offered the employment aspect and the donation aspect that he needed to solve those basic needs. And then we worked with other groups, like the 501c3s mm-hmm. that we both give things to and that they help source employees. And they helped supplement the housing need that he had. It was in part with our pay that he was able to pay even that minimal amount of rent that was able to get him into that RV. So it became more of a community effort of different groups that are trying to affect homelessness versus somebody coming in and being like, everybody move. I got this. I'm going to solve this problem, which is how a lot of new social enterprises or new uh, 501c3s come in. They're like, our organization knows how to take care of this problem. And then they end up kind of like competing in a yeah. sense for yeah, who can help compete. better you don't want competition in the nonprofit space yeah. it's like terrible that, because it's like but like i can make the world better than you can make the world yeah, better it's like, like okay guys we're all trying to make the world a better place why yeah. are we trying to fight each other they do work together a lot I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give it it's gotten better but there is only so much funding there's only so many grants mm-hmm. for particular issues there's yeah. only so many like big whale philanthropers or philanthropists in each city that donate money. I mean, if a city grows, then sometimes that piece of the pie or that pie itself gets bigger. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you're just slicing the pie into smaller pieces with each new group, which is part of the reason why we decided to be a social enterprise instead of a nonprofit is that used to keep us up at night. We were like, what should we be? Like, what is the structure after learning what structures are? We picked this one so that 
we could sustain ourselves by selling good things. Mm -hmm. If I sell a good thing, then I have the money to help somebody. And if the thing isn't good, I need to make a better thing instead of I need to tell the story harder. And thereby, we don't directly compete with the individuals that are asking for donations or grants. They can still be completely funded. And then we can go and compete with someone whose pie isn't doing shit for anybody like Adidas or Nike or all the other shiny companies that are like, you can do it. You're super fast. What about poor people? Screw them. Just do it. Stop asking hard questions yeah and i don't know there's a way to like ride that road up the middle where you don't just have to ask for money and you don't have to just make money but you can earn money to help people they say like this is a tangent to this but like uh if a grocery store says like do you like we get to donate a dollar to like a children's hospital typically as a marketing place they get tax write offs Mm -hmm. or like they've already made that donation and they're trying to make that money back Right. So you're actually really you are giving that dollar directly to the foundation that they're supporting is much more effective than adding the extra dollar to your receipt. Whenever I go to PetSmart, they usually always ask like, "Would you yeah. spend a dollar for to feed a homeless pet?" And I always say yes. Am I allowed to leave the line as a nice person yeah, if I, I say like no? Am I being a total jerk? It's. <laughs> I think it's kind of manipulative. Yeah, I so think that there's honest. Like, uh... I think there's honest, real ways to do it, and yeah. that's why when we do like our messaging or we've had PR people that come in, and they're like, "You need to do a profile on all your people," and essentially try to leverage mm-hmm. the the social issue that we're trying to affect as a way to sell things, and we have to turn them down. Mm-hmm. Like we've turned down pretty high-profile journalist things that Mm -hmm. want to talk to some of our employees, and we have to say, I'm sorry, we can't let you talk to them. Not because we don't want them to talk, but because they're still in it. Like, Mm -hmm. they're still going through homelessness. You want to go talk to success stories, that's Mm -hmm. fine. Go talk to them. But this person doesn't want to be the poster child Mm -hmm. for sadness in your profile because it just sells things, and it's a really tough story. Yeah, Yeah, how are you using them? Right. For us, we choose to focus on the thing, Mm -hmm. the thing that we sell. I mean, we let people know what we do with it. We're going to outfit and employ the homeless with this thing, but the thing itself is awesome mm-hmm. like our running socks are really good our hats yeah. are really cool looking it's the thing itself should be able to motivate somebody to want mm-hmm. it and then as a company we decide how do we want to make it work for somebody else i guess how many outfits and clothing items do you give out a year to the homeless uh in all of 2016 i think we gave away just shy of like twenty five thousand items oh wow that's a lot to all over the country yeah and, and that's a variation of beanies clothes, so not, ju- scarves, not just here in austin too yeah, i saw like, your yeah. map mm-hmm. of all the different retailers mm-hmm. we try to, all over the place we try to tie the retailers aren't doing the donation but we try okay. to make a partnership with a local nonprofit whenever we mm-hmm. make a connection with a mm-hmm. retail partner mm-hmm. so if somebody in like spokane washington is like we'd love to carry your product awesome next phone call that same day is to a local organization that helps homelessness in that area and we say we're gonna be paying attention to how much this one store sells and also mm-hmm. online sales and we'd like to send you a box a couple of months or couple times a year mm-hmm. so that you can donate those items locally in your area the goal is to hopefully be that if you buy a thing there that we gave a thing there mm-hmm. it's not perfect and logistically it's like almost impossible but that's our burden and mm-hmm. we try to figure it out as best we can i love like your business like you uh you have to talk to like a bunch of i guess factories and suppliers for your clothing mm-hmm. and then on top of that you gotta talk to a bunch of nonprofits and uh stores to distribute your stuff i bet but it's I good conversation yeah they are yeah. talking to each that's other great mm-hmm. we have this like huge 
mechanism for like making things mm-hmm. in the U.S. And then we have tons of people that need things in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't ever talk to each other. Mm-hmm. We I, we work with our factories that we've got all over the country. Say like the ones that make gloves. We're like, so do you guys like donate your gloves each year? And they're like, yeah, we actually make too many, but then we don't <laughs> know who to give them to. And, wow. Huh. And, and so the outreach for things is often not as effective as it needs to be. And then the factories themselves, not to knock on factories, don't really know how to make themselves findable through uh, online resources. Mm-hmm. Like their websites are usually pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And so no one's going to be like, I bet there's a factory up in North New York State that mm-hmm. makes gloves. I'll just take a guess and start calling random numbers. It's, <laughs> it's hard to find. It took us forever to find. It. Yeah, hopefully we can kind of make the connection. Right, do you want to ask your famous question? It's not. I mean, it's... It's we have to infamous, ask it. yes, infamous, infamous question. Infamous. I guess since it's usually yeah. the well, highest since question. We're everyday superhumans. If you could hmm. be a superhero, what superhero would you have Make up as your, own your name? You could uh, choose an existing one. Oh my gosh! What superhero power would you choose? <laughs> Which so is that more like a personal what superhero power I would choose, yeah. or how would I apply that to I the think, world of nonprofits? Uh, I could do both. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, um, it's always the hardest question. The superpower of empathy. I would like that. I think there's a lot of callous, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying empathy is in like I feel sad, you feel sad, mm-hmm. but more in the educated perspective of understanding someone else's position and plight, uh, both in homelessness, but also in like just like healthcare or issues that are obviously like in the political spectrum right now, mm-hmm. where there is a group that doesn't understand the other group and it's easier just to make it a black and white yes or no versus well it's kind of gray and sometimes contextual and it's deeper than that so yeah if i could walk into a room and be like zap empathy zap empathy zap empathy and then everyone's like i had no idea oh it'd be just a much more you know understood and uh it would be an easier world to compromise yeah do you have a would you have a name for your super like your superhero? Uh, like the oh, empath? yeah, <laughs> the empath. Um, em, em, empatastico. Empatastico. I like that. Empatastico. Right? Em, empatastico. <laughs> Maybe isn't that like the Spanish or oh, like yeah. like true Spanish band? It has the th so. sound instead of. I don't know. I think Spanish. That sounds familiar. Th español. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I, I like that a lot. I don't think we've ever gotten empathy. No. And that's like the most obvious one. You could help Tim out on his mission to aid the homeless by checking out their online store at mitscoots.com. That is spelled M-I-T-S-C-O-O-T-S dot com. You can also keep touch on Facebook at facebook.com slash mitscoots. And you can find them both on Twitter and Instagram at mitscoots. Seeking more superhuman inspiration in your life? then make your next stop everydaysuperhumans.com where you can learn how to save the world from our own certified superhumans. You can also follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. Like what we're doing? Want to support the show? Well, you can help us out by writing and subscribing to Everyday Superhumans on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling really generous, be sure to donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash everydaysuperhumans. And remember, not every hero has to fly. So grab your cape and let's go.